Let's look at this verse together. Hebrews 11, verse number 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Let's pray. Father, just have your will and your way tonight. I pray that, Father, we would get a full glimpse from your word of what faith looks like, how it's manifested, and what it brings. And Father, I'll give you the praise for how you enlighten our hearts, how you open our ears, and how you give us wisdom and understanding. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. Several of these passages on faith in Hebrews 11 give you great depictions of what faith is. Now, some of them are giving you depictions of what faith is in certain aspects or certain areas of faith. But every now and then you run across one, this being the case, whereby it really just gives you a full-blown picture of every aspect of faith. And that's what you find in this passage tonight. And so this faith that we're going to look at tonight is something that I know is very familiar to us as far as the Genesis account of Noah and what all took place there. And we're going to refer to some of those passages as we try to articulate in verse 7 why the Lord gave us so much detail here about Noah's faith. And you say, well, there's not a lot of detail. It's one verse. Oh, no. He gave us a lot of detail. And so I want you to see that with me tonight, okay? The first thing I want you to see is faith's declaration. Now you say, what do you mean faith's declaration? Well, here's what I mean by that. Remember where faith begins. Faith begins with a word. So in other words, as we've said many times, without a word, there's nothing to faith. And so faith begins with the hearing of the word. Noah's faith began by the declaration of God to Noah. And that's where Noah's faith began. God spoke to Noah. And then Noah's faith began. Now you say, well, let me show you what I mean by that. couple things that God communicated to Noah that made faith declaration so important. It says here in this passage being warned of God, of things not seen. Now, I want you to key on that word, warned of God. Now, what did God warn Noah of? Well, he warned him really of two things. Number one, he warned him of the consciousness of the evil of man. Now, you know the story of Genesis very well. God created man, Adam. Adam fell. All the lineage of Adam after that was in the now in the likeness and the image of Adam, now living in a self-centered nature. And it began to snowball, if you will. And as it began to snowball, here's what God said concerning that day. 
Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only, and don't miss that word only, only evil continually. Now, this is how God saw that day. Now, you say, well, why is that important to Noah's faith? Because Noah was conscious of how God saw that day. You say, how do you know he was conscious of it? Because God's going to tell you in a minute, I'm fixing to destroy every man, woman, boy, and girl. And he knows God's about to pour out judgment. And he knows why. Because God saw that day as an evil generation. Now, here's the thing. Here's why this is important. How many of you agree today it's a lot easier to walk by faith when everybody around you is walking in the same faith? But how many agree it's a lot harder to walk by faith when you're the only one? And I want to tell you something. Noah was the only one. He was swimming upstream. And Noah was conscious of the evil of that day, but yet still was a stalwart of faith. And can I tell you today, the Bible says, as in the days of Noah's house shall the coming of man, son of man be. I got news for y'all today. The generation we're living in right now is repeating what took place in Noah's day. And there is no difference between what we see today and what we saw in Noah's day. The only thing that you might be able to peg as a difference is there's a remnant that believe. Where in Noah's day, it was Noah and his family, and that was it. Because you got to remember, Enoch was going to be raptured out. All right, so now, so here's what we have here. We have first, faith's declaration concerning the evil of man. But then not only that, but faith's declaration given the consciousness of the end of man. Because God told Noah what he was going to do. Now, a lot of times, you and I are not going to have that privilege. I mean, I wished when God communicated to us whereby we're to trust him by faith, wouldn't you like it if every time God said, all right, now here's what I want you to trust me for. Here's why I want you to trust me for it. Here's the outcome of why you're going to trust me for it. I got news for you. God don't do that. But can I tell you what Noah, God did. God told Noah what the end result was going to be. Notice what he told Noah. He told Noah in Genesis chapter 6, verse 7, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, the creeping animal, the fowls of the air. Now listen to this, because I want you to get in a ditch. For I repent that I have made them. Now, a lot of people take that English word and we get in a ditch with it. You say, why? You say, well, the word repent means you did something wrong, you got to turn from it. I got news for you. God never did anything wrong. The repentance here is not that God did something wrong and now God's got to turn from it and repent from a sin. It's not that at all. What it means is God's turning his hand of mercy to a hand of judgment. And that's what it means. God in his mercy created man that man could get in on who God was. 
Now man has abandoned God, and now God turns his hand of mercy to a hand of judgment, and he says, Noah, here's the end result of your faith. I'm going to destroy all mankind from the face of this earth. Now, how many of you would agree today that if God spoke to you about that, it would be a hard pill for you to swallow. I would venture to guess that we would probably excuse it away as just being our imagination. But can I tell you today, God's already said that about the last days. Can I tell you there's coming a day when God will destroy this world just like he did in the flood, but not by water, but by fire. And you and I live in the days of Noah. And you and I are in the last generation of the days of Noah. You say, how do you know? Because the Bible says that when the fig tree blossoms, that generation will not pass away before the coming of the Son of Man. The fig tree blossoming is the nation of Israel becoming a nation again. And you and I are the only generation that can say that we live in that time. And this is faith's declaration. So now, boy, Noah's loaded. He knows about the evil of man. He knows the end of man is coming. And now, God's saying now, Noah, listen, I'm going to give you some directions here, and you've got to trust me knowing what is coming and what's about to take place? What an amazing, amazing work of faith. Now, look at the second thing. Not only do you see faith's declaration being warned of God, you see faith's anticipation of things not yet seen. Now, you got to remember... So as Noah is now stepping out on faith to obey God, you say, well, what is he going to obey God in? And everything God said for him to do, which included the building of the ark. So now Noah is stepping out on faith, anticipating what God has already said is going to take place. So you can imagine whether it was the burden, the anticipation, the heaviness of the declaration God gave him, I don't know, but here's what I do know. Can you imagine every day for Noah was a day closer to the end of man? And Noah was having to walk by faith, knowing that every day was one day closer to when God would remove man from this earth. What an amazing walk of faith. You say, well, preacher, I guarantee you, it didn't last long. I guarantee you, Noah didn't have to trust God in this for long. 120 years! He anticipated what God would say would come true, seeing no evidence of it. Now you say, well, wait a minute, preacher. What do you mean seeing no evidence of it? Well, God said, I'm going to destroy it by water. Now, this may shock you. God didn't tell Noah 
to build an ark near a body of water. He built an ark in a desert. And not only that, never rained in the history of man. And Noah says, God said, I'm going to destroy man with water. I'm going to make the water come from the top, from beneath, and I'm going to destroy man by flood. And Noah says, God, you said it. I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you in it. You see, we think that faith only makes sense when we can make sense of what God says. I got news for you. When faith is real, 90% of the time, you have no way of making sense of what God says. Because God operates far outside of the confines of our way of thinking. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. His ways are greater than our ways. Who can Noah? And Noah had a simple declaration. Man is wicked. Man is about to be removed. And Noah, you're going to build an ark. And I'm going to destroy it with flood. And that's all Noah got. So how many of y'all right now could say with 100% confidence, that right now, if God told you that, you'd be willing to pick up a hammer. 120 years. One nail at a time. Or one piece of glue at a time. 120 years. Noah's putting this ark together. Anticipating this day. And listen to what I'm about to say. And there's no account that he staggered in his faith for 120 years. So you see, face declaration, being warned of God. Face anticipation of things not seen. And then face motivation. Watch what it says here. Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, moved with fear. Face no motivation. You say, what does it mean, moved with fear? It means that what God said to Noah brought Noah into a place of such a awe and reverential fear of God that Noah in his heart and mind, could not even fathom not doing what God said. In other words, everything Noah did for 120 years, the motivation was an awe of who God is and what God said. Can I tell you why so many people live so far below what God wants for us? Because we don't have an awe for what God says and who God is. I have people all the time I talk to, they'll come up to me and say, well, preacher, you know the good old God upstairs. I want you to listen to me. That's heresy. That's borderline blasphemous. 
He's not the good old God upstairs. He is holy, supreme, mighty, Elohim, Jehovah. He is everything. He is above all. There is none other but Him. And He is not your doting grandfather waiting to help you when you have a need. He's there because He is holy and He is willing to show His mercy and His grace, but He's also just and He will judge. You see, there was an awe of what God said and who God was. And this was the motivation for Noah's faith. The greatest thing that would ever happen to you and me is for God to hem us up and hem us up in a way that until we got a fresh, new understanding of who God is, we couldn't take another step. The greatest thing that will ever happen to us. You see, this was his motivation. Isaiah 66, verse 1 and 2. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build to me? Where is the place of my rest? For all these things hath my hand made. All these things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man, will I look? To what man? Even to him that is of a poor and a contrite spirit. Now here it is. And trembles at my word. Faith's motivation. He was moved with fear. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time you got alone with God? And as God spoke to you through, your, through his word, you couldn't help yourself but find yourself prostrate before God in brokenness. Tremble at his word. He said, this is who I look to. This is who I look to. I mean, it's an amazing thing. All right, now, look at, look at the fourth thing. So not only see faith's declaration, being warned of God, face anticipation of things yet not seen, face motivation, moved with fear, but face determination, prepared an ark. So, can I tell you? The preparing the ark would not have taken place without the first three aspects of faith being in place. In other words, if God hadn't spoken, why in the world would Noah even build it? Secondly, if Noah didn't trust God for what he could not see, then what I would say he did not understand, he wouldn't have built it. But thirdly, if Noah didn't have an awe and a reverential fear of God in what he said, he wouldn't have built it. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. When God works those first three in you, and God works those first three in me, then here's what will be true of your life. What was true of Noah's life? You say, what was true of Noah's life? Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. Thus did Noah. Are y'all listening to me? 
Notice what you're not going to find in that verse. Thus did Noah pray about it. Thus did Noah consider it. Thus did Noah seek counsel about it. Oh no. Thus did Noah. Well, what did he do? According to some of the things that God commanded. No, what does it say? No way. Come on, preacher. You're getting out of bounds here. Oh no. Listen. Noah did all the things that God said to him. So did he. Noah's faith, listen to this, was a working faith. Now here's what's amazing to me. Is Noah didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And you and I do. I hear people tell me all the time, well, preacher, you know, there's a limit to how surrendered and obedient I can be. And God understands that, so therefore, I'm just going to try to do the best I can. Well, I want to tell you something. Noah, without the Holy Spirit, obeyed fully what God said. I mean, y'all getting this? I mean, I'm talking about a full panorama shot of what faith is. Because when you have an awe of who God is and what he says, Listen to me. Now, I'm going to blow y'all's minds, but that's all right. Y'all say amen. When you have a true awe and tremble at the Word of God, and you have a true awe in who God is, obedience of faith will become a natural outflow and not a manufactured outflow. Now, y'all want me to unpack that for you, or did you get it? What I'm saying to you is obedience will become something that will become natural to you. You say, why? Because obedience of faith begins with a desire of faith to obey God. And as God works a holy awe of Him in you and a holy awe of His Word in you, then all of a sudden your desire for Him and your desire to obey Him will override your desire to enjoy yourself. And it'll become a natural outflow. In other words, I won't have to sit there in a closet for three days and say, all right, I'm going to work it up. I'm going to work it up. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. No, no, no. You won't have to convince yourself to do it. You'll do it. And you'll look back and you'll go, wow. Where'd that come from? You say, well, preacher, I think you're giving that too much credit. All right, let me ask you a question. When God saved you, did he give you the divine nature? All right, what is the divine nature? The nature of God through the Spirit of God. All right? So let me ask you a question. What is a nature? What's the nature of a fish? Swim. All right, when you put a fish out of the water on the bank, does the fish just lay there? Woo, look at the sun. What's a fish do? He has to try to manufacture back to his nature. He sits there and flops and flips and flops and flips and flops and flips, hoping if he flops and flips enough, he'll get back in the water. See, that's the way most people live the Christian life. They have to manufacture obedience. 
You know why? Because obedience to most people is like a fish out of water. Now, y'all promise y'all love me. Y'all say amen. You see, when faith is reality, it becomes a natural expression. Now, that don't mean you're going to be perfect in it, but I will promise you this, it becomes a natural overflow of your life. This, this is what's so amazing about Noah's faith. Because now what you find here is faith's determination. For 120 years, trusting God for what he didn't understand, how it could happen, never rained. He didn't have any way to connect what rain was. He, he probably didn't even know what the word meant. And, and for 120 years, one board at a time, Noah put that ark together just as God designed it and just as God said. By the way, let me just throw this in for extra credit. God didn't give Noah an outline and say, now Noah, fill in the blanks. God gave Noah every minute detail of how to build that ark. What kind of wood, what to, what to connect it with, dimensions, everything. You say, why? Because God knew Noah couldn't figure it out. And for 120 years, just as God designed Noah put this thing together. It's an amazing thing. Well, let's go on. Face declaration, being warned of God. Face anticipation of things not seen. Face motivation, moved with fear. Face determination, prepared the ark. Face salvation to the saving of his house. There's a lot of things that you can bring into this text right here. And you say, like what? Some of these things I've taught you in the past, but let me just real quick remind you. One of the things God said is you're to take and put pitch inside and out. Well, pitch was like what we would call today tar. But here's what's unique. When you look that word pitch up in the original Hebrew, because this may shock some of you, but the Old Testament was not written in English. Y'all say amen. It was written in Hebrew. When you look it up in the original Hebrew, it's the same Hebrew word used 51 times in the Old Testament for atonement. And so God told Noah. He said, Noah, he said, I want you to cover the out. I want you to cover the in. So when Noah and his family went in, they were under the umbrella of God's atoning grace. And not one drop of water got in that ark. And not one moment of judgment got to Noah and his family. You see, Noah's faith was to the saving of his own house. Now, 
What would have happened if God said to Noah, all right, Noah, here's what's going to happen. Here's why it's going to happen. Man is evil. I'm going to end man. Here's what I want you to participate in faith with me on. Here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Here's how you're going to do it. Here's what you're going to do. And Noah says, well, after about 50 years, I'm tired of this. You see, faith, it wasn't what Noah did that saved him. It's that his faith in what God said evidenced itself for 120 consistent years. And it proved his faith was real. How do you know if somebody's faith is real that brought them to salvation? Year after year after year after year after year, it'll be manifested in their life in obedience. And this is what God says about Noah's faith. Now, let me share one other thing. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. This is not on your outline. It probably won't be on the PowerPoint. But I want you to listen to me. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. God gives Noah a specific invitation to him and his family. All right, so if you are outside the ark, and it's time for Noah and his family to get into the ark, how would you tell that to Noah? Noah, go get in the ark. What did God say to Noah? Come thou and all thy house into the ark. You see, it wasn't just an invitation to get in a boat. It was an invitation to get into him. <laughs> I want to tell you something, folks. We think salvation is just an invitation to get out of hell or to get into heaven. I got news for you. Salvation's an invitation to get into him and him into you. Face salvation. Well, I'm enjoying this. I don't know if y'all are, but I'm enjoying the snot out of this. I really am. Look at this. Face declaration. Face anticipation. Face motivation. Face determination. Face salvation. Now, this is face manifestation. By which. All right, so now, when you find this word by which, by the which, the first thing you ought to ask yourself is, by the what? All right, so what is he talking about? By the faith of Noah <laughs> that prepared the ark to the saving of his own house. By that demonstration or manifestation of Noah's faith, watch what happened. He... Who's he? Not God. He, no, condemned the world. You say, preacher, what in the world are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. I'm saying that Noah, by his faith being manifested in his life, exposed all mankind. Two things we know about Noah. Number one, 
The world was condemned by the walk of Noah. Genesis chapter number 6, verse 8 and 9. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Now listen, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. Doesn't mean he was sinless perfect, but when you compare him to the generation in which he lived, he stood out like a sore thumb. And Noah, what? Where else do we find that in Genesis? Enoch. So here we find the same statement with Noah we found for Enoch. And Noah's life, faith being manifested, faith lived out. Noah's life by itself exposed and condemned this world. Have you ever thought that what you do or what you don't do that you should do speaks volumes to those around you of who you really are and what your faith is really about. I tell people all the time, if your neighbors consistently see your car in the driveway when they know church is going on, why in the world do you think they would even give you the time of day to listen to you? Because what you're teaching them is your faith is a wishy-washy faith. It's a faith when I feel like it, I'll do it. When I don't, I won't. Y'all say amen. You say, preacher, you're being hard. No, I'm loving on you. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, most of you tonight. But here's what I'm trying to say. Faith is demonstrated, manifested in how you walk. But faith is not only demonstrated, manifested in how Noah walked, but faith was demonstrated, manifested by the witness of Noah. You say, well, what do you mean the witness of Noah? Y'all know this verse, 2 Peter 2, 5. And spared not the world, but saved Noah and the eighth person, a preacher of what? Righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So what did Noah do? Did he just go about building the ark as God said to build it in silence? And, and people came to him and said, Noah, what are you doing? You're crazy, Noah. What are you doing? And Noah just says, well, I'm just doing a little hobby. You see, I went to I went to the Genesis school on trade. And I learned me a new trade, and I'm just practicing it. No. Faith said, let me tell you what I'm doing. Judgment's coming. God's fixing to destroy this world with water by a flood. And you better repent. Can you imagine what people were saying about Noah? I mean, if they had the, if they had the ability, they'd have stuck him in a straitjacket and put him away somewhere. How crazy this man must be. But can I tell you, that's exactly what the world says today when we tell them that at any moment, at any time, Jesus Christ could blow that, that trumpet could be blown by the angel and Jesus Christ could call his children home. 
world says, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I've heard that for 45, 50 years. It ain't happened yet. I don't believe it until it happens. Well, I got news for you. One day it's going to happen, and it's going to be too late. 120 years. The world was condemned by not only the walk of Noah, but the witness of Noah. Last thing, and I'm done. Face imputation. You say, what does it mean? Look what it says. And became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. An heir of righteousness. In other words, faith brought righteousness to Noah. And righteousness became Noah's inheritance. When you receive inheritance, and that inheritance is specified to you, are you legally obligated to share that with anybody else? No. It's yours. Watch what it says here. Noah became an heir to righteousness. By faith, not by works, by faith. See, this is exactly what took place when God saved you. Romans chapter 4, verse 20 says this, And he, being Abraham, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 22, what did it bring him? And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. What does that mean? God credited Abraham as being righteous. Even though Abraham, in his humanity and in his flesh, didn't have one righteous bone about him. Just like you and I. The best we could produce was filthy rags. No good thing in us. No, not one thing. But the moment our faith became reality, and in yieldingness and repentance and surrender to the Lord, at that moment, the Lord Jesus credited to our account His righteousness. And now, God saw you as righteous as His Son is righteous. Now, if I don't do something for you, folks, you need to get your whistle whipped. Amen? I mean, goodness gracious. If you understood even a fraction of who you were before God saved you, that ought to make you stand up and go, glory! Why would God do that? Were it not for grace, how lost I would be. You see, this is face, full picture, painted in the portrait of Noah.
It's what faith looks like, how faith begins, how faith is demonstrated, how faith is steadfast, what faith brings in salvation through righteousness. And faith continues on. I'm going to tell y'all a secret, okay? Y'all promise you won't tell anybody? I will not live 120 years. Did y'all hear that? Say amen. I will not live 120 years. So God's not asked me or you to allow your faith to be consistent for 120 years. But let's say from the day God saved me, I lived 50 or 60 years. And I and you have something Noah didn't have. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Are you really going to tell me that as our life during those 50 or 60 years after God saved us or 20 years or whatever it is, if God took a panoramic shot of our life, are you going to really tell me that we can stand before God and say, God, I tried. I really did. But I just had so much trouble obeying you. I'm glad there's forgiveness. But don't let that be an excuse to continue not to let your faith be manifested in obedience. You don't have to manufacture it. Let God get you in awe of Him and His Word. And then here's what will happen. His Spirit and His life that is within you. It will begin to ooze out of you. Moment by moment, day by day, precept by precept, command by command, step by step, witness by witness. you'll find the life of Christ just begins to ooze out of you. And when people squeeze you with the affairs of this world, the struggles of this world, Jesus will come out of you instead of you. The faith of Noah Father, work it in us for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said,